Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become that confident leader and take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I have with me Jeanette Anderson, and let me tell you about Jeanette. Jeanette would like to say that she embraced the vision and the call to create Bodacity when it first came through to her in 2007, but that's just not true. She resisted this mission mightily. Finally, the vision won out and her stories lost so that she, her partner and team could launch Bodacity in 2016. The good news is that the vision and the mission are fiercely clear and this community and movement is being birthed into being at a time when we need it most. Jeanette is committed to being a dream catalyst. Her personal mission is to inspire a dance of passion and compassion that helps us all live to our edges by her a glass of wine. And she'll explain why supporting you in turning your dreams into kick-ass reality inspires the hell out of her. Please join me as we talk about the number one business question you must answer to be successful. And my guest is Jeanette Anderson. Please welcome Jeanette. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank so you. we always start out with a very easy question and then we get into the heart of things, but where do you live? Oh, that's not actually an easy question. Oh, tough one. <laughs> it should be for most people. I actually call myself polyhomerous. Um, <laughs> I used to say homeless, but people would get very distressed and distraught when I said that. I'm currently in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, which is actually where I am and kind of my base. But I do tend to travel a lot and I am pathologically allergic to winter. So I'm hardly ever here if it's cold. Um, so where I live is wherever my suitcase is, but I am currently in Calgary and it is where I was born. Awesome. <laughs> so I was, uh, had the pleasure of doing a workshop in Calgary last year, and that was my first time ever there. And it was cold. <laughs> I really wanted to visit the area because, um, horse country and I don't know, it's sort of like, the wild, wild west in Canada. And um, I didn't get to do because it, it was too cold. <laughs> so, 
I can appreciate. I would have ran away too to somewhere yes. warmer. Did you make it up to Banff at least while you were here? I did, no, it was one of those we talked earlier about uh, retreats and things, and it was one of those where we went nonstop for three days, uh -huh. and I did not see anything That's except um, from the drive from the airport to the location and back. <laughs> Oh, too bad. Okay, you come visit sometime when I'm here and I'll I take know. you. I know. <laughs> so, um, and I'm a big Hallmark channel lover of movies. And so I saw the movie that they had about Banff. And so that is on my list of wanting to go. <laughs> it's a beautiful spot. Yes. All right. So please share your story of what led you on this path uh, that you're on today. Okay, well, actually, I'm going to take you way back to tell you the origin of this path. When I was five, I grew up with a lot of chaos and drama and um, trauma and so forth. I had, uh, uh, my mom was married five times, uh, four times before I was eight, and mental health problems, alcoholism, etc. So books became my refuge. Um, and I really, really wanted the book Heidi. I learned, how, I taught myself how to read early and, and I begged her and begged her and begged her for this book as only a very determined Aries child can. And finally, one day she turned around and yelled at me, no, we can't afford it. And I was really shocked. I don't remember a lot of my childhood, but I remember that moment viscerally. And it wasn't because of what she said. I heard that all the time growing up. It was because of the look on her face, Vicki. Mm -hmm. There was so much shame and mm -hmm. anger and frustration. And I remember seeing that look and I, I vowed to myself in my little five-year-old brain, I never wanted to see that look on another person's face again. And somehow I needed to do something about that. And that kind of became the genesis of my entrepreneurial journey. I think I came out of the womb entrepreneurial, but that really... <laughs> Because, you know, the other thing that I remember from that moment is kids don't overcomplicate things. So I thought, no money, get money. Simple, right? So I decided I was going to have a business, my very first business. And so I decided I had seen someone in my housing tenement have a uh, garage sale. So I thought, okay, I'll have a garage sale. One day when mom was off at work, and I'm sure someone was supposed to be watching me, but you know, I hauled everything that I could out of the house, small knickknacks, small appliances, my toys, some clothes, you know, etc. And I had a garage sale. I knew how to count money before I could do anything. I'm sure before I could speak. And so I priced everything. Long story short, it was a very successful first venture. I was so excited when mom came home. I went running up to her and I said, look, mom, look, $13.72. I remember to this day that amount because problem solution, right? She didn't quite see it that way. She was not at all as excited as I was, especially when she saw all the things missing from the house. So the short version is I got spanked. She took my money. I didn't get the book, at least not right away. I had to go back and buy back everything I could. The adults sold me back our, our knickknacks and stuff like that. But the kids wouldn't sell me back my clothes, my, my toys. So I lost most of my toys. And many people would say, not a very good first venture, not a very good business story, but I actually learned some important lessons. Yeah. The first lesson was, don't go into business with family. 
I'm kind of semi sort of kidding, but not really. <laughs> the second lesson that I learned was we can take our destiny into our own hands when we use entrepreneurship and business as a vehicle for saying yes to life. And really, truly, that's what I want for me and for everyone else is to be able to say yes instead of no to the life they want, to who they want to be, to what they want to do, and to what they want to have for themselves mm. and their loved ones for the world. And so I did eventually, for those of you that are you know concerned, I did eventually get the book. It still remains my favorite book to this day. Heidi is still my favorite book. And I, I went on to several other entrepreneurial ventures, lemonade stands that I franchised. So my first business was a, a daycare for kids during the summer with my first, I was 11. My first employee was the nine-year-old I used to babysit, paid him a dollar an hour and I charged $3 per kid per day. And I gave him peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> every day for 30 days. <laughs> anyway um so i used business and resourcefulness as a way to solve problems as a way to cover bills as a way to make sure that we were okay because mom wasn't so reliable and um it became for me not only that but a way to also express who we are in the world to live into our passion and our purpose and and so combining that love of entrepreneurship early on throughout my life, it became a path for me to be able to take care of myself and my mom and my family and so forth. And, and combining that with uh, a, an abiding love of the inner work. So I've been facilitating personal development workshops for 35 years. And I really think that we are human beings are meaning making machines. We need to have meaning yeah. and make meaningful contributions to be happy and and successful in the biggest sense of the word so i love bringing those two together purpose and profit which is really my whole theme my journey there's been several iterations of it i call it my stand which is the current expression of your why but my why has consistently been that i want you to get that you matter and live like you do because of course, what, what did I want when I was growing up? I wanted to matter, wanted to get on the list. And I want you to live into that by profiting yourself and other people from living your purpose. So kind of a long answer to your question, but that's how- Yeah, so beautiful though. I, yeah, it started and way back when and it's persisted throughout my entire life. I've been doing this for over 40 years and I still am stupidly in love with it. I uh, know. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think that that your mission you have right here is, is shift the world from fear to love, one happy woman at a time. And yes. I was so impressed with that, you know, and I thought you talked about how with your story, how you wanted to be the change, you know, you knew that it was in your hands. But not everyone has that courage. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that you understand that and you want to inspire women to do what they don't really believe they can do, but you believe they can do. I think that's where we're so aligned. I always say, I'll believe in you until you believe in yourself. Talk to me more about that mission and how 
you've taken it from that five-year-old who won a business <laughs> and and decided you can help other women get a business. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I have been working with entrepreneurs for the better part of 40 years because like I said, business startup and turnaround is just in my blood and my DNA and various iterations of it. I've had four different versions of my business and every once in a while I forget I get amnesia and I think, ooh, benefits and stable income. And I go back into the corporate world, which I can tolerate for about 18 months to two and a half years max. And then I go, oh, I remember why I hate this politics and bureaucracy and BS. Oh, my. And I go back and start out my business again. Now, I was permanently cured in 2001. It's big, long a dramatic story about that particular transition. But basically the bottom line is I will never ever again stray away from my first, last and only love of entrepreneurship. Um, now my focus is shifting to maturepreneurs because of course, mm-hmm. as we change our demographic changes and there's a whole beautiful uprising of maturepreneurs coming into the marketplace. And I, I often say that the face of business is changing and it's got a lot more wrinkles um, <laughs> I can but, help you there <laughs> yeah, but the um the journey of, of audacity and supporting women specifically because that wasn't always my focus did come about in in 2016 2017 I got a download in a meditation And I wrote out 11 pages in my journal about this mission of of shifting the world from fear to love, one happy and empowered woman at a time. And and it sounded great. And and it was about a mindset and a community and a movement. And and literally the whole vision laid out in this whole download, 11 pages. I read it and I literally closed the book and said, you've got the wrong person universe. Go away. I don't know why you're telling me all this. And then I spent about eight years in resistance because I'm kind of stubborn and persistent that way. And I dipped my toe in, but I didn't really go all in. And I kind of did it. And I'd get the call and i go, but I don't even really like women. Leave me alone. And I'd hang on. <laughs> you know, I came up in an era and a time when women were, and we still are, taught to mistrust other women and to, you know, see them as competition and so forth. And then I get the call again. I'd be like, I'm not the right leader. Go talk to Gloria Steinem or someone. And I'd hang up and I get the call again. It's like, so been done. There's so many groups back when there was four, right? Now there's four. <laughs> and so I spent a lot of time spinning in resistance and kind of doing it, kind of not doing it. Finally, I, I got tired of getting the call. I was like, haven't you moved on yet? Like, isn't there someone else? Finally, I was like, okay, fine. Leave me alone. I'll do it. Piss off. <laughs> Although it was actually a little more colorful. Yeah, than that. I'll bet. <laughs> but, um, and then I stepped in and then I understood why women, why now, and why me. And specifically the why women, you know, I think the Dalai Lama said, uh, Western women will change the world. And I think that's largely because we have a more amplified voice. We have more access to an amplified voice than a lot of women in a lot of mm-hmm. other parts of the world. I actually think that a lot of it, the real transformation will come, wealthy women will transform the world because there is so much more leverage when you have not only a voice, also economic power and influence. And I really wanna support that being women all over the world. 
this isn't about overthrowing men. It isn't about becoming men. It isn't about mm -hmm. um, you know swinging the pendulum all the way the other way. It's about reinventing a system that doesn't work. You know, the patriarchy doesn't work for anyone, including old white men. And so what else? What else is possible? How do we reinvent business? How do we reinvent how we do things so that we're in real partnership with men and really taking care of the planet, ourselves, one another, mm -hmm. and, and shifting society from this us and them positioning to a, you know, for the short version, can't we all just get along kind of thing. Yeah. So, and I believe that business leads the way for so many other societal frameworks and structures. And so as women step into business and have more latitude because they have more money um, and stop being you know, disadvantaged in that way, that they then have more influence and can help with creating better, more functional systems, better, more functional ways of doing things and being. So really that's the underlying um, raison d'etre for bodacity, which is part of why I resisted it. I was like, I have no idea how to accomplish this. <laughs> and finally, finally, I just said, okay, I don't know, but I do know that together, if we ask powerful questions, we will create powerful mm -hmm. answers. That's and exactly so right. that's what I stepped into was, it's not my job to have the answers. It's my job to ask better questions and to empower other women to step into leadership in myriad formats so that we can be better at partnering with each other, so that we can be better at partnering with men and really taking more of the responsibility for where we're going. That's a kind of okay. a long answer, but you no, did ask. No, but <laughs> yes. And, and well, I knew it was gonna be very thought provoking. Um, we're so much aligned. It's like, I, I love listening to you because it is really um, wonderful to hear somebody else that thinks the way that I do. I know. <laughs> when, um, you also talk about the six C's and I, and it's the contribution. We both talked earlier about how we feel that we're connectors. So connection, community, I've, believe in community is important i think that's how we all can survive and then courage confidence mm -hmm. and com comp competence and mm -hmm. for me you can't have confidence until you have courage courage really builds confidence and mm -hmm. we we know we will get up every time we fail and that will make us be confident. So I love those six C's. Mm -hmm. What was your purpose for wanting to share the six C's um, in your mission? Well, it's awesome that you brought that forward. I love how much research you do on your guests because um, I just don't do that. Um, <laughs> I think the latter three, the, the courage, the confidence and the competence go in that order. Mm -hmm. um, because you can't develop competence or confidence until you take a step until yeah. you get into action. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, I'll get clarity and then I'll take a step. No, no, no. Take a step and then you're going to get a whole lot more clarity, which will give you mm -hmm. confidence and the confidence. And so, but those are the means to the end of the, of the other three of community and connection and, mm -hmm. and 
it really is, um, again, something that came to me in, in kind of a conversation or a download. And it was a lot about what's, what's the way to answer that question of how do we create a community and a movement? How do we start to shift where people are at to some really practical where they want to be? Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the vehicle for doing that? And because I've got 35 years of facilitating personal development and teaching coaching certification and 40 years of the business development, I'm always about the inner and mastering the inner and outer game of business. Mm-hmm. So conversation has to be about that inner game, courage, confidence, competence, so that we can play the bigger external game of creating the community and the connections and the kind of impact that we want to have. And, and that gets played out in our business or in our career or in the various ways that we serve community and show up in the world. Yeah, such a beautiful answer. (laughs) See, I knew you would have a great answer for these. Okay, here's the next one. You have, I watched your podcast where you brought on several women to celebrate 60 shades of gray. I'm 65. (laughs) So of course, I'm loving that. And I thought it was just wonderful, but state why you felt it was so important to showcase these women who, like myself, are in their 60s season and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and are you going to do more of those? (laughs) Oh, yes, I am. And yes, I want you. Um, The, the, uh, it started out, actually, (laughs) there's a story with this. Of course. (laughs) ageism until it impinged on me. I was on the marketers cruise networking with a bunch of of marketers and and business people from around the world. And I was in a group, um, just late night networking session that four four guys, someone asked me, what do you do? I turned and was responding to him mid sentence. He turned and started talking to someone else. I was like, Oh, well, what a dick. That was rude. Mm -hmm. Left and excused myself from the group and went and started talking to another group talking away, finding out, you know, who are they? What do they do? Someone asked me, what do you do? I started responding. Same thing happened. Mid-sentence, he turned and started talking to someone else. So, okay, now we have a pattern. So maybe it's not that they're all dicks. Maybe I'm not showing up. So I checked in. Am I, is, am I being invisible? Do I have low energy? What's going on? And that was not it then. And it's not typically it, but I thought, okay, I'll check. But, you know, I have blue hair and I'm fairly big and... <laughs> I don't tend to be invisible, most of them. <laughs> so, well, that was not it. So then I started to get curious. Why was this happening? What was going on? And I noticed this thing on this trip. Every older woman, especially any with gray hair, were completely and utterly ignored. And I was like, huh, it's a thing. I hadn't been aware of it being a thing until prior to that. Notionally, I understood there was ageism, but it hadn't impacted me quite it hadn't hit you in the face (laughs) exactly and so I was like oh well that's just gotta go so I then became aware of it and since doing research you know when you buy a yellow Volkswagen all you see is yellow Volkswagens so of course now I'm totally aware of the aging revolution and all of the stuff that's going on around that and and what I really started to notice was not only were my clients aging as uh, in terms of who I was attracting 
But there is this amazing um, trend going on right now of millions, literally millions of older people, 55 plus, et cetera, coming into entrepreneurialism, mm -hmm. two reasons. One, because they are hashtag not done by a long shot. They still have 10 or 20 or 30 years or more contribution and they don't want to spend their time knitting and golfing for 30 years like no they have a lot more to give and a lot more wisdom and the second reason is their hashtag not done by a long shot because they can't afford to spend 30 years knitting or golfing so they either need to contribute and aren't done or and they're too inspired to retire or they can't afford to retire or some combination thereof but it means that there's millions of people coming into this work and there's very little support for it and certainly no visibility or very little visibility. There's no funding. You can't forget getting loans, forget getting insurance, any of that. So there's some unique challenges that face uh, being a maturepreneur, especially a maturepreneur woman. Um, it's not easy for guys too, but but you know if you're gray-haired, you're distinguished If you're as a man. If you're gray-haired as a woman, you're dog oh. you know etc yeah exactly so there's some ageism there's sexism there's a bunch of isms um so i am doing i'm creating the maturepreneur podcast again for those who are too inspired to retire uh, to provide inspiration on some ways to just continue to kick ass take names and be successful uh, it's really for those who want to turn their wisdom into wealth and those who want to continue to cr contribute in order to change the world. And, and uh, that's one thing, my, my work, my courses, my programs, the Wings Academy, et cetera, is really shifting to embrace maturepreneurs and some of the unique challenges they have. And I think that there is this amazing opportunity for this incredible demographic that's coming in that has really got um, no real support right now, but a whole bunch of expertise and wisdom to share mm -hmm. to just really reshape how we're doing things, how we're thinking about business, bring in amazing innovations. It's like there's a lot that this group will um, do for the world and shift and create as we go forward. So I'm excited for the next 20, 30 years and see what happens. And yeah, we still need, we need a lot more 50, 60 shades of gray uh, conversations and um, a lot more space for those people to be heard about, about how they see things, what can be and what they're going to make happen. Yeah. And you know, what I find uh, as I go into different corporate offices at the the demographics is, you know, there's a lot of young faces. And mm -hmm. when you and I were going through corporate, we had young and old, um, middle, <laughs> you know, everything yeah. around. And so you could have mentors that mm -hmm. were seasoned, experienced, that would share information with you. Uh, but sometimes, you know, in the last probably 10 years, everybody is like, go, go, go. And, and that mentorship wasn't really there or the people that were in the position to do that didn't have time or were not in a position to share because they were trying not to be outsourced or, exactly. <laughs> oh, you, you know, it's time for you to go. So I, I think it's, 
it's for us seasoned experienced people to be out there to say hey you know we have the time for you we have the experience for you and we're willing to share it with you and um and all you have to do is reach out and connect Exactly, And so that's why I love what you're doing. You know, it's, as I said, it's aligned with what I want to do. I think that um, you have so much to offer to these groups that um, it's wonderful that you recognize that and you did answer the call finally. <laughs> and if they ring you again, perhaps you'll pick up on the second ring. <laughs> Well, and and the call to really expand what I call in my head and heart, the maturepreneur empire. Um, I did get the call and I did respond and it didn't take me anywhere near as long. And it's like, okay, pitter patter, let's get at her. I've got lots to do (laughs) of modeling that it's never too late. It's never too late to make your mark. It's never too late to make your millions. It's never too late as long as you're on this side of the ground. So yeah. And and it really, you know, when you talk to people in corporate a lot of times, uh, or even small business owners, it's they always think about, you know, someday I'm gonna do this, someday I'm gonna do that. And and the thing that I love about we entrepreneurs is someday is today. Yes. And we are having fun and it's every day that we come to the office. <laughs> yeah it's a good day. And, uh, you know, so that's what the, the world is striving for in the, in the, this new business environment we have. And so I think, you know, any one that has ways that works for them, how they share it, I think it's important. And so I'm, I'm so glad that you're sharing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm jotting down some of the slogans you're giving me because I think that uh, <laughs> uh, they're going to find their way to a t-shirt near you soon. Like someday <laughs> is today. That's a good one. I yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's not mine only. I, if I, excuse me. Good. Ah, my Sunday is now. I love that. But yeah, someday is today is what I usually say, because I, you know, I, I was one of those people that said, well, someday, you know, someday. And there's some things that were not even on my someday list. But when I started to say yes, as I turned 60, I decided that I would use that three-letter word more often. And so now I have six compilation books that I never would have thought. You know, just, it's just, if it's not going to put me in jail or kill me, I'm going to give it a go. And, and that's, and, and again, as we talked earlier, I'm not trying to break any ceilings. I'm just trying to do what I think in my gut is what's needed and what's right. And I think if everyone kind of goes by that life would be much better. I agree wholeheartedly. I love that philosophy. If it's not going to put me in jail or uh, kill me, let's give it a go. Let's give it a go. All right. It is time now. If you have enjoyed meeting and t- and this conversation with Jeanette, then you're going to want to connect with Jeanette. And I have a slide as always for you to do that. If you are listening, you know the drill. You should be running right now, getting that pen and paper to be able to write down this website that I'm going to give you. 
if you're driving, please don't pull off or wreck the car. We will have this on my YouTube channel as well as the findyourleadershipconfidence.com. That website is https colon forward slash forward slash www.bodacity.ca. That's B-O-D-A-C-I-T-Y dot C-A. She is on Facebook. Purpose and Profit is, I'm sorry, Perfect and I can't even talk. I'm so sorry. Purpose and Profits Sisterhood. Oh, sister. Oh, I missed. Oh, the hood is. <laughs> we'll make sure when I do this slide up a little bit uh, fancy schmancy it, I will make that smaller. So it's all one thing. So purpose and profit sisterhood is Facebook group and LinkedIn. She is a Jeanette Anderson dash bodacity dash CA. And just as a reminder, Jeanette Anderson is A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N in case you're just listening. And in YouTube at Bodacity Project 734. And again, you can get this screenshot if you visit YouTube or my website. I'm going to let Jeanette talk to you about what she has for you that are listening today. <laughs> well, and it just reminded me that we didn't actually answer the number one question you need to answer in your business to be successful, which is, what is your why? Oh, why? yeah, we, we talked about the why. Yes, yes. Oh, what is your why? Why do you do what you do? Because people buy why you do what you do, not what you do. And when we're competing in a global marketplace, you've got to differentiate yourself. And one of the things that is unique to you is why you do what you do. So what I'm offering is a complimentary VIP why clarity call. So I work with you for an hour. It's a whole process to identify your why. Why do you do what you do? You might call it your purpose, your mission. Um, I think those words are kind of laden, so I call it your why. Um, what is your why and how do you use it to differentiate yourself, to get yourself out of bed in the morning, to drive your strategy, to help you attract the right people? It's a great tool. So you can book that with the link that is attached there um, to book on my calendar. It's a $4.97 value and for your listeners, they can book for free uh, to have that session because I think when everybody is clear on their purpose, their why, then we're more aligned and we can be more of that contribution. We can be the difference that only you can be. And that's what I'm here for. Awesome. Isn't she wonderful to give that to you all? So again, if you're listening, you can catch this. Um, again, when you go to my website, you'll be able to get all this information. Jeanette, it has been such a pleasure and an honor to have such a great uh, individual and an expert to be a guest on my show. As always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. 
We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.